What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Summit Up Podcast. My, I'm John. I'm joined by my good friend Chris. You know, we get together every week. We talk about movies, shows, games, whatever we want. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. I know I have tried to memorize that intro, and I've never done it the same way twice. But, you know, just going for it every time. That's fine. That's uh, fine. So, Chris, how you doing? You know, I was going to wait to the end, but you kind of ran into it anyway. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. But just as a, a warning to anybody who listens to this, we're probably not going to do this for much longer. Uh, our last probably, like, full like scheduled podcast will be next week uh just because uh things have kind of come in the way and we need to spread our wings it's not but not spread our wings like we're breaking up it's more like oh yeah we're adults and we have other commitments but you know (laughs) john and i are still going to be friends but it's just one of those things where this just isn't really a uh a consistent thing anymore for us so you know this this is going to be uh one of the last podcasts that are made on a consistent nature it might be like if there's a review of a movie and we john and i want to talk about we think like maybe let's record it we might do that but for the most part there's not going to be consistent content coming out uh after next week because there's this podcast and then there's the next one after that and that'll be it for consistency yeah so So. enjoy it while you got it enjoy it while you got it and you know maybe john does something down the line that'll be pretty cool maybe i'll do something there's something i do want to do but you know it just depends on you know timing and stuff like that and i know john's the same way so we'll see what happens you know but you know this was fun yeah yeah we made it a year and a half it's crazy i mean yeah this almost almost weekly for a year and a half and that's that's something major well you know the pandemic kind of we put on a skid for a while but we came back yeah yeah pandemic kind of threw things off for a while there i mean it's it's, we we were fortunate enough that we were already kind of doing this remotely before that um because someone had to get up and move like a jerk yeah Uh, i'm gonna move back in a few (laughs) weeks (laughs) yeah yeah now that i work remote i can go back to peaceful quiet life uh yeah no dogs barking just cows mooing and shitting themselves you're gonna you're gonna become a mountain man and buy a lot more flannel here pretty soon well i mean all the flannel i have is uh is there at the house up there in the mountains so i'm pretty much set bruh i'm let's do i'm I'm gonna be good i mean there's gonna be a difference like i need to buy an exercise bike because i've been exercising here and I was thinking about getting a gym membership, but going to the gym is like 15 minutes. Uh, it's a 15-minute drive. I'm like, that is far. So I might just invest in like an exercise bike and then get like... Um, they have like the dumbbell sets that are like... You could put different weights on them, you mm-hmm. know, so they don't take up as much room. So I might do that like after I... I have to do the investments little by little. So it might be the exercise bike at first for a little bit. Thank you, President Biden, and then I might get the the dumbbells later on. So yeah, I I like how you've how you've laid this out. You know exactly what you're gonna get. You've got a timeline. You've got a plan. Plans are good. Plans are uh, always very good well, to have. I might screw it up and buy like a lightsaber, but you know we'll see. <laughs> like I a mean, really good lightsaber, not like the sixty dollar 
plastic ones that you get from like Hasbro. No, like the legit, like it's got neo pixels in it. It does like sound fonts. It sounds really cool. Yeah, I don't want to do that much more anymore until I'm really rolling in bank. So, well, that'll take a few years. Sometimes you just gotta treat yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know, I just want a lightsaber. I want Luke's lightsaber so bad. <laughs> God, it's so cool, but it, the neck, it's a thin neck, so it's flimsy. You can't use it for dueling, just display, which I totally understand. It's just, I want it so bad. <laughs> Let Biden buy you a lightsaber. No, 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 no. I Actually, I'm going to probably use a lot of that money to pay taxes. So, I know, right? I, uh-huh. I, I haven't, I'm saving to do my taxes like when I get that that money and i have till april 15th to do it but it's like i'm I'm pretty confident you know i've been saving money to pay for stuff because you know pandemic yep yep uh but yeah so we were talking about plans and planning ahead and i just you know i was trying to segue and you you made this harder than it had it had to be that's Uh, okay the segues don't matter just like the points don't matter (laughs) Our life has become a whose lines it anyways joke. Uh, so <laughs> one of the first things I wanted to talk about is The Last Jedi. And I know it's been a while since we've talked about it. I know it's very controversial for a lot of people. And what I'm about to say probably doesn't surprise a ton of people. But uh, it's come out that Ryan Johnson did not have the plans for the third Star Wars movie when he was working on his second movie in the trilogy, which blows my mind. One, that it's like actually confirmed and it's not just what we all knew after watching the third film, uh, that obviously no one had any idea where this was going. But for a major studio like Lucasfilm and like Disney to to structure a three-film saga and to not include the director uh, in where the trajectory was headed just speaks volumes, I think, about Lucasfilm and about what they really find important because like Kathleen Kennedy can say that she and she wanted and and knew that Palpatine was going to be in the plane since the beginning. She can say that all she wants. We know that's not true. We know that she's just trying to cover for herself, but for this to kind of come out and for him to actually say it on record, I think is big. Um, So I, Chris, did this surprise you at all? Is this something that I think we all knew from the start? Uh, what does this say about this whole situation in this film franchise to you? I'll give it to you in a quote, John. Where are the plans? I don't know what you're talking about. We're on a diplomatic mission for the for the Senate. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away! That is a not verbatim, but that's close enough to what it is, you know. So wait, who's Leia in that situation? What? Who's Leia? Leia. Oh, you're saying like, no, it's like... (laughs) Where's Leia in the metaphor? Well, you know, Leia would be the... Would be the... uh, Leia would be Ryan Johnson and Darth Vader would be the fans. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, it's a convoluted mess. But anyways, yeah, I I wasn't surprised by this news. Um, I wasn't necessarily shocked because I was pretty confident in what it was. I do think it is kind of odd it took this long for it to come out. I mean, why would you spread your dirty laundry out in news so far away? Like, just... 
it's like, oh man, the Mandalorian was really, really good. Great ending. Fantastic. That's like, ah, oh, the Gina Carano stuff. Ooh, not a good look. Ooh, we bullied one of our top fans on YouTube, you know, by one of our execs. Ooh, not a good look. Ooh, we also let it slip out that we didn't have a plan and it wasn't us. It was Ryan Johnson and we're not really responding. Ooh, it's just, the, the, there's little pebbles coming out left and right. And I, at some point I'd like to get an apology, but we'll never get it. And it's just, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be out like we're so, it doesn't have to be the apology that we got for like, uh, what's the famous one that people make fun of? Like the, the Gulf oil spill yeah. where there was like commercials, like we're very sorry. Like, I don't need that, you know, but what I do need is just like, we had a, we, our plans did not work and we have learned from this mess and moving forward, we're going to be taking greater care of the franchise. That would give me, that would, that would be a standing ovation for me because you are owning up to your, your consequences that it's a theme for me. You're owning up to the consequences of your actions. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, we're moving forward. I, I trust that something good is going to happen, but to no avail. It's just, it's the secret time of stuff. It's kind of like Lucasfilm is kind of like the Royal family where like, there's a rumor around and there's like no press conference. There's nothing about it. It's just a rumor that kind of floats and people speculate and there's never a comment on it. So I was like, oh man, like, uh, Lucasfilm, they just, they kill, they kill puppies. And the, the Lucasfilm would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. We have no comment. It's like, that's the kind of level of, of a, pro, like, inactive PR they have. So, yeah. Uh, Lucasfilm makes me feel like I'm in an abusive relationship with Star Wars, where outwardly, <laughs> there are a few things that keep me holding on to them, like the Mandalorian like rebels like future hope for future projects uh what they could do could be good but then time after time they just they drag us into a dark room and they just beat us over the head jesus it makes me so sad too real it's like oh (laughs) you want to go to brunch no fuck your brunch and fuck your friends it's like whoa okay honey be that way jesus and then, like, the next day, like, hey, I got McDonald's for us. And it's just like, yeah, but you didn't want to go to brunch? McDonald's is better. All right, I've made some poor decisions in my life. I need to get out of this relationship. <laughs> you're going to pay $7 a month for a service, and you're going to like it, and only half of the content is going to be good. No, well, I mean, all the Lucasfilm content is on Disney+. Plus. Only half of the content is going to be good. Oh, man. I stand by that. You don't like I- Rebels? No, that's what I'm saying. I do. I do. And I think half of Clone Wars is really good. I don't think the prequels are very good. I think there are They're moments... they're memeable now. You just aren't into it. No. You're not on the Reddit. The the prequels are aging like a fine wine or a fine cheese and neither of which I enjoy very consistently. And that's Ooh. fine. Oh, you don't like wine. That's cuz you 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 drink like, bad wine. Come I like on. white wine. I like I like sweet wine. Moscato is not wine. It's close enough. Moscato is like the it's like the seven up of wines. It's, or not the seven up, it's the it's the uh RC Cola of wines. You have white, you have red, and then you have RC Cola. It's technically wine. It's fermented grapes. Yeah, with but a ton the, of sugar. That that's the problem. It's not natural, my 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 dude. 
Yeah, you get fine. yourself a nice, you get yourself a nice Pinot Grigio, light and has some flavor to it. Not really a very heavy wine, good for drinking. If you're like, oh, I kind of could get down with this. Guess what? Switch over to Pinot Noir. Then you're gonna get a, you dip your toes in the reds. You're like, oh, it's got a little bit of a sour, but still a little bit sweeter than the other reds. Then you're gonna dip more. You're gonna go to Shiraz, and just your flavor is gonna explode. You're like, wow. The flavor profile is so full with this. And then you'd be like, you know what? I want to try another full body. And then you go to Chianti. You'd be like, oh, it's it's a dry wine, but it still has a lot of flavor. You know what goes great with a Chianti wine? Don't say it. Fava beans. I do not understand that reference. I it, thought you were going to say Moscato. And it'd be like, God. <laughs> uh, it's from the Silence of the Lamps. It's, uh, it's what Hamill Lecter says. Oh, I've never seen Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. He ate his liver with a uh, Chianti in a side of, or it goes great with fava beans. Ugh. Anyways, it's Ugh. fine. Have you ever it's seen fine. a? Have you ever seen a? Uh, I don't know why that made me thought, but you you brought up a really good movie that I didn't know. So I'm wondering, have you seen Good Good Morning Vietnam? Oh, it's been quite a while, but yes, you have seen it. Okay, I okay, have. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see. Have you seen? No, you've definitely seen that. Uh, have you seen Casino? No. All right. You know, I think you obviously have the better choice against me, which is Silence of the Lambs. And I'm saying like, yeah, I got to go see Martin Scorsese's Casino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go watch Taxi Driver. No, go watch A Bug's Life. Ugh. Very funny. Very Ant- funny movie. Ants fan for life. No, you. I hate you sometimes. <laughs> it's fine we talked about this before we recorded it's fine yeah yeah goes for everyone who might be listening who will disappear from our audience in a few few weeks uh go see a bug's life very yes. funny as an adult and i can't imagine i imagine my parents watched it and were like oh my god this is hilarious and then i think again i'm like oh my parents still find the same things that i find very funny so <laughs> i'm wondering if there are parents out there who watched it. i was like this is the funniest movie i've ever seen in my life Oh, like back when it came out or now? No, back when it came out, the comedy. Oh, oh so good. I mean, yeah. it's not coming to America, but it's eh. pretty good. It, it It's the next best thing. You know, better than coming to to America. Ah, it's how they put the two in the title. I think that's very confusing, honestly. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be honest, man. Like I've seen a couple articles about reviews of coming to America and I'm like, why are you reviewing the original? And then oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it took me a second. So yeah, they they definitely flubbed that up. Yeah, for sure. I I do want to see. It is on Amazon, and it's on Amazon Prime. So I could watch it. I went. I might do that tonight before I go to bed. That's okay. Um. So you know what? Uh, that's enough. That's enough. Ryan Johnson talk. I mean, yeah, we've already we've already destroyed him. We have and Kathleen Kennedy. We've done that many times. You know, this is going to be our last couple of shows, like on a consistent basis. It's only right that we talk about Star Wars and another property. We're hitting all the highlights this time. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to hit, uh, you know, we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, MCU's announcement of the mutants, uh, basically starting in pre-production fairly soon. This is going to be how the MCU introduces us to X-Men. And to the mutants in general uh it's going to be coming out in a couple of years probably i'd say 2023 2024 they're starting production on it soon um 
all we have is a title card. We know the title. Uh, the the font that they used is very reminiscent of like the X Men TV show of classic X Men uh, uh, comic books. It feels like they're going back to their roots just based off of the font. Um, so I know we we've talked in our one division breakdown about not wanting to speculate and sticking away from that. But Chris, this is different. Do you have any thoughts on how they're going to bring in the mutants about the timing of this all? Any thoughts on the mutants in general? Yeah, they're going to have to find a brilliant actor to be, uh, you know, Wolverine. So I would like to see... <laughs> this is a joke, obviously, but i like to see it happen. Timothy Chalamet just bulk up <laughs> oh my and become gosh. the Wolverine. <laughs> uh, it's never going to happen, but I just thought, like, who's an act? Who's a really good young actor who's not in the MCU? And I'm like, Timothy Chalamet would be really funny, like, to see him just, like, bulk because all the people who you think could do it are either too old to play that role for much longer or, you know, they're already in the MCU. So the the pool of actors who are fairly established is very limited for this role, mm-hmm. uh, who are who are young and established. So that's why, uh, you know, for this. I think uh, this is just setting up the next generation of people who are going to be the superheroes. So I am really excited. You know, I think John Krasinski needs to get his fair share in this. You know, he's been slighted, you know, with it. I think, and I'm just saying this to to, to just kind of like put it out there. It'd be cool to see Tom Cruise get a character, even though he's like 57, 59 years old. Um, you need to get every actor in Hollywood, in an MCU. So I, there are a few, you know, big hitters who need to get in. And we're getting Mahershala Ali already. So that's, you know, really nice. You know, so it, it is about finding the next few people to really just get in there. So I, I'm very, I'm very excited to see what they do. You know, what about you, John? Are you excited? Yeah. So a couple thoughts. One, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm curious to see what the lineup is going to be. Because we've already gotten these two different generations of actors playing the same lineup, basically. Um, And I don't think they're going to just rehash these same characters over and over again. So I think they're going to plan on mixing it up, maybe bringing in some more obscure uh, mutants. Because there's like this vast army. I mean, for lack of a better word. I mean, there's a huge group of mutants that they can pull from. And Fox has really only pulled like six to be like their core main characters with peripheral characters out in the background that you kind of get Easter eggs about their powers. Um, so I think Kevin Feige is going to pick um, really interesting, but different mutants to pick for this time. And I think that's why they're calling it the mutants and not the X-Men because they don't have to limit themselves to the core classic X-Men characters by calling it this. Uh, two, I think this is going to be interesting to see who's left in Hollywood to cast because we've gotten the entire MCU up to this point, which has drawn so many different actors and actresses. We have the Eternals as a side little group of, of, of characters, and that's introduced a ton more people to the MCU uh, between the, Etern- uh, the Eternals, the Deviants, uh, Kit Harrington as Black Knight, and then we have the Mutants, which uh, they could draw on, on new mutants for uh for like years i mean between different projects between uh rotating members of the team uh so 
I think there's going to be a lot of unknowns brought in for the mutants. Um, I think some of the core ones are going to be well-known people that are, are able to stick it out long term. Um, but I think we're going to see a lot of fresh faces, a lot of interesting choices for this. And I hope that they bring some diverse cast members in, uh, make some interesting character choices for this, because I, I don't want to just see a new version of Patrick Stewart. Like, I want to, I want to see a different take on Charles Xavier. I, I personally don't even really want to see Wolverine right away. Uh, Shut I, want, up. I, I really want... You like, want Wolverine. I mean, I want him, but I want, it to, I want to do it right. And I don't, I don't want them to just rush into it and have it just because Hugh Jackman made him popular. If they're going to bring the character in, do it when the timing is right. If it makes sense, if you get a good, like a perfect actor for it. Um, and I, I don't Ooh. know, man. Like, it's going to be interesting. Zac Efron as uh, Wolverine? You know, no. Um, I've seen him in his show that he's done on Netflix, and he's got the body hair for it now. He's buff. Uh, not really buff. He's just, he's, he's... He's toned. He's big. He's not even toned anymore, man. He's just big. And that's fine. Oh, but that's I, perfect. I don't think he would make a good Wolverine. Uh, I just don't. I... I just I, I, I want to be surprised by the casting, and I think all the people that have been thrown around for potential uh, Wolverine casting, they're too predictable, and I just I, I, I want to be surprised. I swear to God, like for the love, can we get Mark Strong as a villain in the MCU? Yes. Can we get him as Galactus? For the love of God, we That'd could be... definitely get him as something. For we got sure. Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i love oscar isaac but i'm like the writing for that was so weak. like he gave his performance yeah it was i couldn't tell it was oscar isaac i was just like this is so good but such a bad movie it was oscar isaac not oscar worthy oh god wow what a burn oh but that's not his fault that's the writing's fault yeah you know we gotta blame writers for most things and also directors are like no let's let's do some producers too producers give like stupid notes yep like yeah let's have let's play hallelujah in this trailer for uh for for uh for for, uh the the new uh justice league movie by the snyder and can we uh can we like you know have my son do the music for it? His band is really good. You know we'll we'll get to Snyder Cut news later. I their band is called uh, Backyard Stall. <laughs> it's a punk it's... band. It's folksy band. It's an out outhouse outhouse uh, porta potty band. <laughs> um, and that is an interesting point too. Just kind of pivoting hard from what you were just saying, but uh, the qu- the question arises: Do they pull? any actors from the fox x-men movies or are their legacies too tainted to bring them in even in a different role for the mcu version um i mean do you think that they're gonna recast or use any of that same rolodex of actors i think they will and it would be great to see james mcavoy in it again because he is a phenomenal actor he's incredible on a level that is just very difficult to find in what we call this generation you know i think 
that there are older generations of actors who are really good. And I would say James McVoy is, is in a younger generation that is just far beyond when I think of like those phenomenal actors, I'm thinking like Christian Bale, uh, Colin Farrell or no Colin. Yeah. Colin Farrell. And these people who are very method and just can really hit it out of the park, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, although he's a little crazy too, in a different way. Besides that, there's, there's just not much I can find from the newer generation besides maybe it is James McAvoy who can transform himself. And then I I really can't think of a second one to him for the younger people, you know, and he's not like young, but he's in his like, uh, he's either in his late thirties or early forties. And I just don't consider him in that, in that very older refined category. So for me, you need to bring James back into it you know you need him to be the the next charles xavier for the mcu x-men and you could probably get other people you probably still get fastbender i don't think you have to be bring in uh uh what's her name taylor jennifer jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence yeah yeah i don't know why i said taylor i don't think you need to bring uh jennifer lawrence back but i i think it'd be nice i think that so oh uh what is it so sophie sophie turner uh, well i mean her name is now sophie jonas right yes i think yeah well i don't sophie know if they turner, actually change her name yeah yeah but you know i don't think they need to bring her back and that's not her fault that's just i don't know i i don't really consider her to be a phenomenal actress because when it comes to Game of Thrones, for a lot of the things, she was the weaker element until the later season. But I still feel like I didn't get enough. And I don't know, like Arya as an actress was phenomenal. I thought she was fantastic. But there are a lot of things that Sophie Turner, as a kid, Sophie Turner, I thought was great because she's playing very innocent. But for her to be kind of mastermind or in control of the things she does, I just don't see it. And maybe that's just my critique. Maybe I am wrong. It's just my opinion on it. So I don't know. I think you do absolutely have to bring back James McAvoy. And you need to bring Deadpool in with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And with an ambiguous title like The Mutants, they could bring Deadpool into it. Um, It's so good. I mean, at this rate, The Mutants is going to come out before Deadpool 3, uh, which I don't know how I feel about that. But I, I, I definitely think there's potential there i could see uh james mcavoy being a good beast a good hank uh hank mccoy um especially after seeing him in uh split and oh yeah just how physical he can be with the role still um i think he's got that kind of dichotomy between like hank mccoy the scientist and hank mccoy the beast uh, so maybe maybe that would be a good casting for him as well um i i personally think they'd have to recast uh professor x and magneto not because of the character like the actors that portrayed them but just if we're going to start anew we need people we need fresh faces on those characters and we need a new take and i think if you bring back those people as great as they are as as actors you're going to bring back some of the fox legacy that they that comes with them and and the like the uh the baggage that comes with them and i i think they're going to try and wipe the slate clean so if they if they do use any of the same actors I imagine it's going to be in separate roles. No, no. I I, I, I do like think it. I would like to see um, 
uh, that version of, of Professor X and Magneto, but in an MCU universe, I think the writing would be a lot different. I think the actors would, would flourish there, but I think there's just too much baggage. Baggage? Is it really considered baggage? Like, what do you want? You know, what? Do you, who are you going to put in Professor X's role? Who can you bald and put in there? What do you want, Jason Statham as old <laughs> Professor X? No, uh, you and I have right. About so what the... we're gonna do is we're gonna get in this in my Maserati. <laughs> <laughs> it has wheels. I have wheels. <laughs> yeah, you just no. I just I I I can't think of anyone. Just they chose a great actor for it. Well, you and I have talked about that, and I, I've brought up the there were casting rumors that Denzel Washington was going to be Magneto. And um, I can't remember his name for some reason. The guy that plays, uh, 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 he was just on Mandalorian and Breaking Bad. Oh, you say you saying uh, Bill Burr? No, no, and Breaking Bad. He was the Bill Burr was both. in Breaking Bad. He is not Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. That's the both guy. in Breaking Bad and okay. the Mandalorian. Well, I'm thinking of the one you just said correctly. Thank you. Uh, John Carlos Esposito as uh, as Professor X. I think Denzel and him would make great uh, additions to the MCU. And uh, people have brought up the idea of of they could recast it in in people of color because uh, apartheid in South Africa uh, and using that instead of the Holocaust as the traumatic moment for uh, for Magneto. Um, which I, I think could work. I mean, there's, it's sad to say, but there's a lot of traumatic events that have happened throughout the world uh, to where not, they're not on par with the Holocaust, but I think that they would be enough to base Magneto's character off of. Maybe. You know, I, that'd be something I'd be interested in. You know, yeah. definitely. That'd be something cool to see. I just, the once again, they're very old. I want to see their early relationship again. I want to see those those types of I because these are actors who are going to have to grow into these grow into these roles. So Potentially, I but I I do think that when you have long established characters like this that have been out in media for literal decades, I think the general populace doesn't need another origin story for them. I think that they already have an idea of what that fundamental relationship is supposed to be and so to kind of like what the original X-Men did is is to play off of that later relationship and to see how they interact when they're established and grounded in their ideals and how that counteracts with each other rather than how they form their ideals. I think that, to me at least, is a more interesting relationship. Yeah, but I, I want them in their prime. I'm not saying for them to be in their beginning stages of understanding their powers. I just don't want them to be old you know denzel washington is 66 years old wow i don't think i knew that yeah he's he's old you know and i don't i forget Giancarlo esposito isn't as old but i imagine he's in his 50s which i'm going to look up right now yeah i mean and you bring up a good point like you want people that are going to be in these roles Oof. especially uh -oh. 62 62 see they're the same age they they grew up together they they had those foundational experiences together but you you're right you do want people that are going to be in in their prime. well for the long haul regardless of whether they're in their prime or not i mean you cgi can do a, a wonderful amount of things nowadays 
but yeah, because you really enjoyed. <laughs> You really enjoyed Robert De Niro, uh, like an 80-year-old man kicking another man in CGI. Yes, Ooh. it looked great. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so Obviously, there's a lot of speculation out there, and there's a lot of potential for which directions I can go in. Um, but I, again, just kind of getting back to the original story, I, I hope that, and I, I think the way Kevin Feige is going to handle this, especially having been a producer on the original X-Men series, um, I think this is going to be a more grounded, um, back to basics kind of story with them, and it's not going to be. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think it's going to be just more character driven, and really, it's got to find a way to stand out from the heroes that are already existing in the MCU. And I think if you just do a bunch of superheroes, that's boring. But if you if you play on why the X Men were created by Stanley in the first place as as this um, kind of uh, call and response to the uh, um, civil rights movement that was happening. I think that type of like social interaction is much more interesting than just seeing a bunch of superheroes fight Oscar Isaac in a bunch of blue makeup. I have your answer for Magneto. Okay. Adam Driver. Uh, I don't want to see him. Uh, He's such a great actor. Is it the hair? I think it's the hair. I think it's the hair in the face. But those abs. But you can't you can't just have shirtless Magneto. No, he I mean, he's still going to look fine. Uh, uh, you, I don't, I yeah, don't that's your hang up. That. You don't want you don't want you don't want Adam Driver in that role. Do you want Adam Driver anywhere? Maybe he could be the Wolverine. No. <laughs> I, I could see him being an X-Man, but I don't think he would be a good Magneto. Um, Who is he going to be, Cyclops? No. No, no, no. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I need I need a Wikipedia of the X-Men characters. I need to see how far back I need to go. You're killing me here. You're killing me here. <laughs> Maybe he, he can't be, be Beast? He can be Toad. Toad? Look, you, you making the... a Mario joke? No, you remember the original X-Men? Uh storm's fun line to him was what happens when a toad is struck by lightning the same thing as everything else oh don't do that to me <laughs> you know Jan carlo esposito was born in denmark huh he's born in copenhagen what do you know copenhagen his name is Jan carlo giuseppe alessandro esposito he's an italian american actor yet he was born in denmark yes what depth what layers i know this is like another story by this is like looking at the you know the arnold schwarzenegger of uh, of of a different time <laughs> of a different person of a different person uh it's so multicultural mr worldwide uh speaking of things that are internationally known and mr worldwide's Snyder I, cut I, yes parentheses I do want to just talk about this real quick because I want to have more time for the other thing. So let's not spend too much time on parentheses. So Snyder Cut <laughs> has come up with these with these character trailers and highlighting new footage and dialogue for each major character in, in the Justice League film. Um, I've seen the Batman one. I know they came out with the Superman, the Flash, Wonder Woman. Um, just going through the list here. And I... My biggest question for you, Chris, is with something as infamous as the Snyder Cut, 
and with something that was given a limited amount of money to begin with, why do you think that they're they're doing this level of marketing? Like, why is this marketing necessary? Um, to get people to join HBO Max. But Chris, so many people know about the Snyder Cut. We've known about this thing for it feels like decades, longer than COVID, and and for them to just be putting out new character trailers for literally for a film that we've already seen a version of it just feels like a misuse of funds something that they could have put into i don't know extra time for new footage to actually build on the story because uh, i mean marketing you got a budget twice as much as the normal budget for the film um and i, I don't i don't know Ugh, chris this just it it makes me angry that they're using it for these things that really don't even feel necessary because then we're, we're using up footage and dialogue that's barely even in the Snyder cut to add and pad the runtime. Um, I, it just feels excessive. I think that HBO max is underestimating what this could do for them as a brand, because this is what makes your flashpoint idea fall apart from the beginning and i'll give you an example the last jedi look what it did to solo solo is not a bad film it's not an amazing film but i would say it's a good film to watch it's fun it's entertaining it's not too serious at times it doesn't go too far into the lore it does a lot it does dumb things but at the same time it just it's not a bad movie it's enjoyable, you know? But that movie was destroyed at the box office because of the response to The Last Jedi. So, understand, HBO, or rather Warner Brothers, is putting themselves in a very delicate situation with this marketing. Not to say that marketing is bad, but look what happened to Venom. A bunch of people... Venom made a ton of money. It almost made... A billion dollars. Or maybe it did. I forget. It was close. I knew that. And people were like, yeah, it did grow so much money. I'm like, hold on here. You fooled a bunch of people to go see a movie about a Spider-Man with a black suit. You know, the general audience is like, oh, yeah, that might be good. They see it and they're like, what the hell did I just watch? The movie wasn't good. And that's how you lose faith with the people in your product. So DC is definitely on a on a tightrope here because if they totally flounder and shit the bed if we get like something that might end up being worse than the justice league or on par it's just not going to be a good look for one it's going to spell the end for the dc and it's going to be another reboot because they are riding on a lot with the Flashpoint. And I don't know if they're trying to lower expectations for that movie. But this pattern is just not conducive. It's not helpful. And by putting all this marketing into it, I can tell this is to get people to join the HBO Max service. You watch this terrible movie. You're like, oh my gosh. And then you see on your recommended Oh, look, it's, you know, uh, Spartacus, or it might be like, oh, The Sopranos. Maybe I'll rewatch The Sopranos. I don't know. But that's what I see is what they're doing. And I, I would say that it is a very delicate situation. They need to be careful. 
Well, I mean, I think you can make the same argument for Wonder Woman 2 that that based off of the first film uh, with Wonder Woman, that gave the franchise, it like reinvigorated what DC could do with films. And so we had the second one come out and I, I think they adequately hyped it up and marketed it, but they kind of, I mean, they, they, um, they didn't really follow through with the quality of it. Um, and I think DC has kind of like a track record for that at this point. I mean, I think Shazam was good. It was definitely on the higher end of, of DC films. Uh, Aquaman, I had mixed reviews, but made a ton of money. And I think Wonder Woman 2 definitely fell flat compared to the first one. But when you have a film like the Snyder Cut, which is disconnected from, like it's in its own little pocket reality that doesn't exist in the rest of the DC continuity that maybe sets up ideas that will be introduced in uh, I almost said WandaVision uh, <laughs> in, in Flashpoint um, or maybe not uh, we, we don't really 100% know at this point how it's all going to tie in together but it if it if it was planning on connecting to more things in the future I would understand but it feels like they're pouring a lot of money into this one thing that isn't connected to the rest of their properties and um, yes I, Yes, you could say that it's a draw to the to the service, but again, like you had that with Wonder Woman two, where the service launched, uh, you had a, a great DC film uh, shown on there at the same time as it is in theaters. And there's no premium fee for it other than joining the service, and not having a, a two week free trial. Um, it just it feels it feels like like I said like they could have redirected the money to put back into the movie, because either you know about the Snyder Cut or you don't. And either you're going to watch it or you won't. And at this point, I don't think there's many things they could put out that's going to change anybody's mind, which is literally like literally the point of marketing. Is yeah, to... but people go see people go see superhero movies. That's the money maker now. So yeah, but for the fans who are dedicated to this, you you have to garner their support, or else you're destroying the thing that they very much love. And this is a thing that Marvel fans are going to watch this movie and this will solidify the Marvel dominance where you know what you also make money from your movies it's called merchandising why on earth would I want your merchandise for your Justice League movie when your movie was bad then you have to they get on clearance racks and you're losing money it's not it affects so much of your business and it you know just like with Disney, what they're doing with... They've got the theme parks. They're adding all the Marvel stuff to, which is fantastic. You know, what is DC doing with theme parks? What are they doing to... You know, are they in talks with the Islands of Adventure or whatever? Whatever it might be. But merchandising, 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 John. And there's so many elements to this business. They're just going to lose a lot of faith. Look, they brought Jeff Johns who's supposed to be the DC guru type of storyteller guy. And he ruined Wonder Woman. Um, and people have talked about that. The stuff he touches just don't doesn't come out well. And he was one of the head writers along with uh, Patty Jenkins for that movie. And he's the lore guy. And that movie did not, did not really hit expectations. So you... I look at this strategy that DC has done, and if your main lore guy just isn't putting out bangers after bangers, there's a problem. And I think that 
with the disappointment that was Wonder Woman, you're setting up for an even bigger disappointment with this movie. It's just... People are starting to wise up. Oh, the HBO service has these type of superhero movies. God, these superhero movies suck. I don't want to get this. Oh, the Marvel movies are on Disney. I'll go watch those. You're yeah. split. You're split now. It, it, it makes it easier to judge and easier to differentiate. They can easily destroy all the good faith. But but that's getting more into like the question about whether or not it's a good film. I'm not talking about that. I'm... I'm merely asking, is this level of marketing necessary for a film that is ubiquitous with pop culture now? Absolutely where... not. Yeah. So that, yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure we're on the same for, page about For that. what this is, for how it's been, for, for what this product is, it does not warrant this amount of marketing because this is what's setting expectations for this film. For normal yeah. people, I am skeptical as hell. But for the normal moviegoer, you are building this thing up to an incredibly high level with the amount of marketing you're throwing at this, which is also going to affect your bottom line. It's going to affect the faith in your company. It's just not, once again, it's just not a good look. And you're putting out trail, you're putting out lore stuff for a movie that's four hours long. Why? It makes no sense to me. And I haven't seen the videos nor do I have a desire to. You're asking me to do extra work. You're asking me to go watch a video outside of your trailer. And people talk all the time like, oh, I don't watch trailers. So I go into a movie and I have, you know, you know, pretty reasonable expectations. By putting out this trailer, you are setting out for putting out these lore things. You're putting out more expectations. You're devaluing what you're supposed to do. This is a terrible marketing tactic. Yeah, and, and credit, like credit where credit is due, Disney is also doing the same thing with the MCU in this whole like legend series that they're putting out before each MCU show that drops. Yeah, but that's a series. But the it would be if it was any new content. It's literally just a recap of where the characters have been without any new information, which is basically what they're doing with this Justice League little mini trailers um it, it's it's like a recap of this is these are clips from the movies this character is, has been in before this is what brought them to this point now and it doesn't give you any new information yes but are the expectations higher for marvel than they are for dc i mean it okay so my expectation for for legends when they introduced it was this idea of ooh we're getting a deeper look into these characters before we see them on the uh, in a new piece of content and it was no new information. It was like literally three minutes long and and gave me no new information or perspective or it just kind of decreased my level of interest in in, in Disney Plus and what they were putting out as a whole. Um, and I mean, at least with the Snyder Cut character trailers, it's giving us a glimpse into new footage, which is different than what Marvel's doing. Yeah, but which studio has higher expectations from fans? Yeah, I mean, I would say Marvel. Yes, so by that, by doing that, you're putting out this marketing with the expectation already being high. You're putting out this to solidify your stances like, hey, what you're going to watch is going to be good. When DC is doing that, it's like, hey, we're putting out this thing. It's going to be good. Please watch. And then it turns out bad. I'm saying this on the assumption that it's going to be bad. This marketing that they're doing is to get people's eyes on it. I think I think they're doing what they think is is going to get them 
more eyes on it. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be a good reception. Plus, people are now paying attention to more reviews since there's this online streaming wars. If I want, if if someone goes and watches Mulan and says it's terrible, there's no reason for me to buy Mulan. Thirty dollars, I'll get it later. Why am I going to go pay $20 for a service if I know the reviews say it's bad? That's why, you know, the Rotten Tomato scores have been a bonus line for studios. Hey, you need to maintain a certain Rotten Tomato score if you want to get paid out more. This is what studios are doing today. Reviews are important. And I just, I think Warner Brothers is underestimating the value of those reviews and this thing called hype. And it could possibly blow up in their face with their marketing tactic. I just, I, I, it is, it is, as we've described on this podcast, you know, how, why haven't you learned from what Lucasfilm has done? Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I, yeah, I, before we close out there, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page and it sounds like we are that DC it's kind of setting themselves up for failure. Failure. DC is stupid. DC is so stupid. Yeah. Um, but I, just in regards to the whole streaming wars thing and and when content comes out, I want to get your thoughts on after having seen WandaVision in this weekly release format. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the whole weekly release versus binge release. Uh, personally, as as a very selfish consumer, I would I like having everything come out at once if nothing else, just for giving me something to do for a week solid, and then I can kind of put it to rest. But then I'm more frustrated at the end of that week because I have to wait even longer for new content from that that uh, source to come out. Whereas with a weekly, weekly release, it gives me way too much time on my hands between each episode. And it, it, it happened with WandaVision where I got sucked into theories. I made my own theories. I had I set expectations based off of giving myself too much time to think about it, and then most of the time your your expectations aren't met because the trajectory the content is on isn't the same one you had in your head when you envisioned it with very limited information. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the binge versus weekly release? I think for Disney, the weekly release is the way to go. Now, as a general platform decision, I still think that a week re- weekly release is still the right way to go. And binging, binging a series, it it doesn't drive the conversation for everyone else around you. Uh, the community goes nuts over that stuff, which is not bad. It's not a bad thing. Like the people who are into Stranger Things, they binge the series, they get really into it. They tell other people around it. It works. But when it comes to the weekly releases, it becomes a show for the people who aren't even watching the show. Twitter goes ablaze every so often. People are like, what is... Oh yeah, that show episode came out and these terms are trending from the show. It becomes a event every week it's the same thing that television has done for a long time like oh survivors on thursdays gotta watch survivor it's a classic you know tale as old as time when it comes to television you do a weekly release it gets buzz the binging stuff i think for disney just isn't really the model for streaming now because for Disney, they only have so many properties. Yeah, they got their vault of a bunch of Disney old content, but they don't have a lot of shows yet that they're 
producing out originally for the platform until this year. I look at, you know, Netflix and they've got a wide variety net of different shows of different budgets, all different sizes coming out. For for Disney, it has to come out in this way. It has to come out episodically because it is to fill up their calendar with different events going on in different people, different types of communities paying attention to the Disney Plus app. So that is my that is my thought on it, and I'm very curious to see what HBO Max does. Is because right now they're just releasing movies on their on there. Then they have shows on there too, but yeah, Westworld I mean, like have... comes out episodically. Game yeah. of Thrones came out episodically, and these are shows before they had this app. But they had HBO now. They had HBO Max, which is just for people who wanted to get the service and watch only HBO stuff. But it, it is. It is curious to see if the binging becomes a thing for Disney Plus, but from a business standpoint, I absolutely don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I I think if it does, it's going to be quite a while because, like, with Netflix being the primary one to release binge content at once, they they've existed for so long that they have such a large backlog of of and catalog of content for you to go through, so that. When you get done watching Stranger Things, you have three or four other shows and movies like it to go and then watch that it suggests for you. Whereas with a with a streaming service that's relatively new like Disney Plus, like yeah, like you have like the MCU stuff, you have um, you have The Simpsons now, you have uh, so many other things, but like in their own little pocket worlds, there's not enough um, uh, like original content or overlapping shows that are similar to it that it can suggest that would really justify streaming everything at once, getting it over with and hopping to a new thing. Um, yeah, like it's a, it's a marketing tactic. It, it keeps you in the conversation. It keeps you drawn in to where you're not just doing what we're doing literally with HBO Max and paying for a month and getting out and then just binging as much as you can in, in that 30 days and then being done with it until the next big thing comes out. Um, I mean, it's, it's a tactic and it's i think it it suited tv really well when there were like three channels and you had very limited options to choose from because it, it gave everybody something to talk about and personally like i i think for a show to achieve that like wandavision did in today's society it's a huge feat just based off of the amount of things that we can consume as a consumer uh from streaming services i mean like paramount plus just launched and, and nobody's really talking about that because WandaVision was still going on um, from, a, from a streaming service that's existed for over a year now. Um, and, and I think that's the thing to compete with is, is achieving that level of you are being talked about more than anything else in, in the cultural uh, catalog right now is, is WandaVision, is, um, is the Snyder Cut, uh, is Falcon of the Winter Soldier, um the boys season three when that finally comes out later it shows like that that i think are a huge draw for services that keep people coming week after week after week yeah and i the thing that's curious to me about this is yeah i said like what's hbo gonna do next because they mostly release movies on their content i am curious to see what netflix does because netflix made the binging series you know 
think that people say like, oh my gosh, you got to binge a series. Like, oh, it's a Saturday. I don't have work. I'm going to watch a whole entire series. And that's what happens. But then you can't talk to some people about it because they haven't found the time to watch it yet. Or, you know, like what people do is with their spouse. It's like, hey, we're going to watch the series. One of the one, someone gets more busy than the other. They skip a few episodes. Oh, hey, hon, I thought we we're going to watch this. Ah, oh, you I'm on season two now. I know you're, you know, four episodes away from me, but, you know, you can catch up. So that's still a thing. And people even do that with episodic ones that have already come out. So that is that is a thing. But I, I'm curious to see what the Netflix response is, because I honestly think the better model in general is episodic, like just week to week, not the not the binge worthy stuff, because that's for people who got time, bruh. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it, it, the game the game has changed from weekly installments to binging back to weekly installments because guess what? It's good for everyone. It's good for content creators on YouTube, podcasts like this. That's the way to do it. You are the fruits of your labor by doing it week to week. Create bigger conversations and binging is kind of in my eyes a little bit exclusive to communities that are intense about it yeah and i I think it's healthy to have a a balance between the two i mean it's nice as a consumer to have one service that just you can binge stuff off of if you've got a lot of free time that I mean, maybe, maybe not everybody's talking about Warrior Nun, but if I wanted to, I could just go through and, and watch that whole show and give me something to do for a weekend. Whereas I have Disney Plus or Amazon Prime that have weekly release shows that give me something to share with my friends that we could all tune into something together and then come into work the next day and talk about it and, and get our thoughts and theorize, which is, I mean, it's what I do. It's uh, the water cooler conversation they talk yeah. about. Exactly. And so it's nice to have both options. Uh, I I definitely think that in most cases, I agree with you that I think weekly release is the way to go. Um, but I mean, if we're going to be this capitalistic, selfish kind of self-centered culture, uh, we should also be able to have something when we want it. And so that's what Netflix is for, is just to feed our gluttony and keep giving us things to watch, even if we don't ask for them. I think that Netflix as a service needs to add another dimension because I do see them kind of falling by the wayside compared to the Disney pluses because now it is getting into a different type of theater experience for fans because, hey, I have Disney plus. Guess what? I get WandaVision. What happens after WandaVision? Oh, I get Falcon the Winter Soldier. What do I get after that? Oh, I'm going to get, you know, the Bad Batch. Oh, what happens after that? Oh, I'm going to get you know, Loki. And you're get the 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 great thing about it is is that you have different types of shows coming after each other in this type of programming. And it's a great idea because you're going to get so many different communities visiting what you have and so many communities are going to be like, "Hey, I don't normally watch Star Wars, but I have this app I'm using the money. I might as well watch it. It's different when you have television because you have so many options. So you don't know where you're going to go. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to watch Law and Order. Or, you know, but HGTV has a new series coming out and you just aren't focused on it because there's so many channels. And I think 
that's an issue that Netflix has right now. Is they have so many things going on. You're binging this, you're binging that, blah, 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 blah. There's no event going on. So you're missing out on that focus. And, and, and I'm talking about for large communities that will do things together. You know, I think it's different because you have the Joe Schmoes of the world who will be like, oh, you know, let's see what's on Netflix. Don't like it, don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. You're going to have people put on the Disney Plus and they have those four cards that come at or five cards at the top of like different stuff that's on their platform. And for Netflix, it's usually like most watch and it's a giant catalog. Like people spend more time sometimes going through the Netflix catalog than they do watching content. So by Disney streamlining it, it also puts your watch time up, lets people get more acclimated with your service, more watch time rather than more search time. And I think that's very important. And I think it's something that Netflix does need to improve upon. Yeah. Yeah. And and Disney Plus stuff like came into the game and learned from its predecessors and applied that knowledge to make a more efficient viewing experience, especially given their large catalog that they have from all of the different uh, entities that they've acquired over the years. So it's nice that it's broken down by type. You know exactly what you want. You can go searching for it. You have things that are tied in with that to give you a better viewing experience. Um, they, they sort the MCU by timeline by to give you the correct viewing order so you know what to look or like what to watch uh, in order, which I think is a nice touch. Um, it, it's more it's a more catered viewing experience and Netflix is just like, hey, here's a big binder of everything we have. Go flipping through it and maybe in half an hour you'll find something to watch for 20 minutes. The, their catalog is so big. They just need to organize it just a tiny bit and it's not that's not a bad thing they have like the different it's like oh sci-fi stuff and then below that it'll be like kids stuff you know but you've got like tons of movies on each row you need to compart compartment it into boxes so you need a russian doll it'd be like oh here are the big cards let me go to sci-fi okay let me go from sci-fi to old sci-fi new sci-fi aliens whatever zombies blah 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 so and that, you know, you could just have on the top of your page event stuff happening, non-event stuff happening. It's just they need to organize it to not be a mess. But the problem is the unfortunate thing for Netflix is the hill that they have is that they just have so much stuff on there. So, yeah, they, it's a big hill. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Um, but yeah, so do you... I know you just got done talking, but do you have any final thoughts on the whole weekly release versus binge watching, uh, Ryan Johnson, the mutant Snyder cut, anything we've talked about tonight? I mean, I, the, the thing that I wanted to talk about that we didn't was the, <laughs> the Don't Prince Harry and, uh... and Megan, you know, interview because, because I read read international news it's like everywhere which i find fairly annoying but at the same time i understand it and i just want to take this moment to say like there's a lot of double standards and it's unfortunate that this what what's happening with those two some people are like oh they need to get over it they're wealthy they're all they are expressing a lot of things there's a lot of pressure on royal families and i know some people would be like oh monarch monarchies are rich monarchies are monarchies they're still human at the same time and 
it's not a life you get to choose. You're kind of born into it. And I, I feel like we haven't learned anything from Princess Diana, who did a lot of good, who kind of made the monarchy likable for outside audiences. And I, the paparazzi thing is ridiculous. And even, yes, I think last week there was video of some influencer or whatever who broke up with this guy and that she lives in LA and there were paparazzi actually following this influencer someone who's like on YouTube or TikTok anything like that you know but not not a movie actress or anything like that and she's young she's in her early 20s she's 19 or something like that she's young and you have like paparazzi surrounding her she's wearing a hoodie a mask and sunglasses not trying to talk to him and she gets to her car she starts breakdown crying and people are filming it and it's it's a part of society that I just, I feel ashamed of. I really am ashamed of it. And it's good that we shine lights on things in the media and stuff, but not this stuff. I mean, look what happened to Britney. And this is all a very brief statement by me, but it's really, we are <laughs> disgusting. The things we crave, the, the, you know, finding out the gossip and all the stuff like, ah, oh, the Kim Kardashian show or whatever it's called. Living with the Kardashians, keeping up with the Kardashians. There we go. Desperate housewives. And you're just, here's this girl who broke up with some guy or it, 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 he cheated on her or something like that. And here's a bunch of people you don't know with cameras and, and microphones wanting your opinion. You're hurt. And all, all you want to do is probably get to your car so you could cry in peace but people are still filming you but the the fact that there is silence around you is at least the solace that you have and i feel very bad for prince harry i feel very bad for Meghan markle uh and it's just very unfortunate that we have not learned from our mistakes yeah but drama fuels headlines and that's what people are going to keep clicking on and and so people crave these types of stories and it's sad but i mean it's it's how the world is and People are, I mean, people are the way they are. Uh, it just feels like that that answer of like, it's just that's the way the world works. I just, one day I just want us to, as a, a species, go to another planet united. But it's <laughs> shit like this that'll never allow that to happen. Yeah, I, I have always been a fan or an advocate of the idea of either taking the star trek route and we all join together for one common purpose and get rid of uh like currency and we all live to serve uh the greater community as a whole and uh we all just do it like that's that's our job is just to contribute to the to the rest of the community or we just take the complete opposite route and just completely split up into tiny little mini countries and we all do our own thing and that's it and everybody just kind of goes with a group that they like and we just segment, and it, I just I think when you have such a large group of large group of people living in one country, it's just hard to appease everybody, um, and we all just become disjointed like we have been. I think that's the more likely outcome <laughs> when we have colonies in space uh, orbiting the Earth, like our own space stations, big colonies, kind of like a what's that movie, uh, uh, Elysium. Mm-hmm. But instead of, like, one Elysium, there's, like, several Elysiums. Yes. So we just kind of, like, do our own shit. And you'd be like, hey, you know, look at that. Look at that colony over there. <laughs> They're a bunch of swingers. <laughs> it's, 
Kink shame. <laughs> Kink shame a whole colony. Yeah, there you go. But yeah. But anyways. Thank you guys for tuning in. Chris will be in the driver's seat next week. Uh, the last big weekly release that we do. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm excited to see what he talks about and what's out in the news. Uh, and you know what? If you get uh, if you get lonely and, and bored, just go ahead and replay an old episode. Maybe from like November 2019. Go for one of the early ones. Just uh, see please how- don't. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, but thank you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.